The Revs are back and Rory is here with me in studio. Hello, how are you? Hi Barbara, how are you? I am very good and I'm delighted because you did come together last year. That's right. Had a bit of a reunion. We did after 10 years. 10 year hiatus. If that's the word, we um, we hadn't actually fallen out. We just um, we just decided to call it a day because we were we ran into a bit of a brick wall emotionally, man. So uh, it wasn't really just happening for us, and uh, we were in a lot of debt. So we uh, just took just took ten years off, did our own thing, and um, we hadn't fallen out. So we I was at home at Christmas and. Uh, I was just looking through old newspaper cuttings and I was like, oh, it's actually 10 years since we gigged together, decades. So, and then, um, not being morbid, but uh, things can happen. Buses can hit people, airplanes can crash. So I decided, let's let's do this before we never do it again. So we played a reunion gig in Whelan's in August of last year and uh, it sold out in a couple of days online. Not surprising. Uh, yeah, thanks very much. <laughs> and uh, just then uh, we thought maybe that's it. But then MCD just asked us, would you like to try another gig because there's a demand and people didn't get tickets for the first one. So we said, of course, why not? So that's what's happening on February the 10th on, in the Academy. So tickets are on sale now and if there are tickets still left actually as this goes out just in case because I'd imagine this also will sell out so you're going to be at the Academy Saturday February 10th and uh, the doors will open there at 7. That's right. Do you have to rehearse now before we then? We do, badly, yeah. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, it doesn't yeah, just well, all well, we only, come We only naturally. play a few times in 10 years you know so we, we, um, we're one of those bands as well where we have like a um, three minute song but in the middle of a lot of them we like to uh, extend and jam and, and it just takes a little bit of uh, telepathy. So we, we've rusty telepathy, so we need to um, lock ourselves in a room for a few days and together, obviously. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it again, can't wait. And was that difficult because you live in Lanzarote now? That's right, yeah. I um, moved over to Lanzarote about 10 years ago, um, coincidentally. <laughs> Nothing to do with tax. <laughs> no, so yeah, I, I, have to, uh, I have to stay at home for a few weeks. In Ireland, yeah, so we're, we're going to be starting rehearsing next week. And does everybody else live at home? Or? Yeah, John lives in Dundalk and Michael is in Donegal. So uh, we'll all meet up in Kilcar and Donegal and uh, lock ourselves in the shed and that's it. That it sounds very sexual, I don't mean that. <laughs> There'll be no sheep involved, we're not locking ourselves in a barn. It's a shed. I should have said garage. I'm getting nervous here now. Okay, so in Donegal, yeah. in a shed, yeah. you're going to be rehearsing. We'll be rehearsing and that's all we're going to be doing. <laughs> Is it good to be home? I mean, I know you mentioned you come home when you can, maybe Christmas or yeah. occasions, but is it good to be home? Yeah, well, it, it, I come home a lot more now because uh, myself and my wife, I have a little a little boy, Aidan, so uh, back to see the grandparents in Donegal. So uh, I used to come home once every year and a half now. I seem to be home three times a year. So, yeah, no, I, but I love coming home. It's uh, it, it really is. Uh, it's got its own... I know it sounds cheesy and everything, but you need to be away to appreciate it. It's one of those things, everybody in Ireland wants to be out of Ireland and then uh, everybody away from Ireland writes songs about how much they miss Ireland, like Carrick Fergus and what have you, the homes of Donegal, and it, it's true. You know. And have you written any songs like that since you moved away? Yeah, actually, I have written a couple of more Irish songs than I ever would have written when I was living in Ireland. So yeah, maybe that it does that to you. you know? It's like with these you know, people that move over to New York and then they write all these... Uh, songs about Ireland and yeah I can see that do you remember that group Black 47 just came into my head oh yeah they were um, it was a guy from Wexford that moved over and uh, I remember when I was 14 I was gigging in New York with my parents that's really cool I was playing the drums they had a kind of a, um, an Irish band and they used to, we just do the pubs in the Bronx and Brooklyn and uh, Black 47 had broken onto MTV and they were the second highest played band before uh, Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit that summer so yeah it was like Black 47 
just came into my head. Sorry for wasting five minutes of radio time there. Not at all. Oh, promoting a different a... band that aren't even together anymore. <laughs> but that's a, fa- a fabulous memory that you have. Yeah. You know, that you experienced by being over there. And also, they're probably... The songs that they were doing must have been thinking of home, was it? Is that what kind exactly, of sparked yeah, that? Exactly, yeah. yeah. They, uh, they wrote, like, all the songs were about... Um, being an Irish person living abroad, you know, particularly in New York. So, yeah, I, I um, well, I actually, I wrote a, a song for the Donegal football team when I was living in Lanzarote, and that um, got sang in Crow Park, which is a bit of a miracle. Jimmy's winning matches, so uh, I don't, we don't do that one with the revs. That's a little bit too uh, Donegal reggae for the revs. <laughs> we beaten Kerry man, we beaten Derry man, we beaten anyone we meeting in the final man. So, what can people expect now on the tenth of February? It'll be. Um, we're, playing basically the selection of what we think is the best stuff from the three albums we released and uh, we'll be doing the singles like Time Slipping and Death of a DJ and Wire to the Moon and all the um, big ones if there's if we actually do have big ones I'm not sure there'll be all ah, the medium sized ones yeah. oh no they're big they're big because <laughs> as soon as I heard that I might get the opportunity to speak with you I've just had the album like our, well one album in particular but I mean obviously yeah. there's a lot of songs just on repeat in my head I cannot oh. get Wire to the Moon on my head <laughs> sorry about that last week but it's brilliant because it had been I didn't get to, to the gig last year so I'm really looking forward now to seeing you on oh, the brilliant. 10th of February yeah we'll see you there then yeah. yeah, absolutely. And is there anything maybe new you sneak in, or is it all? Yeah, we the actually we've got favorites? two new songs. We're going to uh, just only from just playing acoustically. We were, we've been working on these new songs, and uh, we're really happy with them. One of them's quite sentimental. It's um, called "The Innocent Flight," and it's kind of about the chorus is more like uh, "I'll never forget the days we had," and it's not wishy washy though. It's pre- quite it's quite heavy, <laughs> deep. It's still the revs. It's still the revs. Yeah, <laughs> nothing like uh, Boys Own or Westlife. No, or, no, you, no, you no. were never going to go down that route. I know. Yeah, when I think of it, like uh, we were so young and cheeky that we, like, I think we slagged off like um, Louis Walsh and boy bands so much that we got ourselves kicked off the radio. Basically, that <laughs> we didn't do ourselves any favors with our mouths whatsoever. Oh, but you must have had a great time. Oh, I mean, it was fantastic. when you think of like I mean, yeah, Slane I mean, and uh, Oxygen and Witness and yeah, I mean, the, I think the problem was that we. Um, I remember we had a list just before we started playing our first gigs in the pubs in, two, in the year 2000 and we had a list that I wrote out in the bedroom and um, the things were on it like, you know, uh, play Slane, uh, have top five all album, have top ten single, um, tour USA, tour Australia, whatever. And um, no joking, after about two years, all we had ticked all of the things off and we were kind of like... Well, we should have set our sights a little bit higher. It was, we were just quite happy to do some things. We played support of the Stereophonics and the, the Counting Crows in Slane, and we did um, the main stage at, at Oxygen. You know, we, I remember us walking on after No Doubt, which was you know, insane, and um, meeting Liam and Noel Gallagher and trying to tell them I was a fourth cousin of theirs, but they were having none of it. Oh, Could, no! Couldn't get any free drink. Yeah, so now loads of, and I toured the USA. We did uh, the South by Southwest Festival three times, actually. We uh, played the, the Viper Room, Johnny Depp Viper Room, and just lovely, lovely memories. I wish I could remember them better. I should have drank less, to be honest. <laughs> and, and we didn't have as easy access to cameras as we do now. I, I mean, know. everybody takes out their phone and there's loads of videos and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and, and it was really, really uncool to actually have a camera when you think about it in those days. You know, like, Unless you were like a 50-year-old American tourist with a big belly, you know, you did not carry a camera. No. no so like, I, I think of all the great photos that I, I could have taken with like Dave Grohl and Liam Gallagher and... Um, I met so many idols, really. That did you get starstruck around any of them? I did, actually, with Dave Grohl. I made a fool of myself. Because uh, he was walking down one side of the... It was the backstage at, um, I think it was 2003, 
uh, oxygen and he was walking down the corridor and I was walking down the other way and I was like oh my god it's Dave Grohl so I, I mustered up the courage to say like uh, hi Dave can I shake your hand like I've always loved your music and him being the lovely gentleman he was says oh thanks so much and leaned back against the wall for a big chat and I just went okay and walked on <sighs> And I just remember in my peripheral vision seeing him leaning against the wall really uncomfortably going, oh, uh, have I been snubbed? But it wasn't. I was just too nervous to, to speak to him. And, and to be honest, um, I was so, such a Nirvana fan. All that was going through in my head was like, don't say Kurt Cobain, don't say Kurt Cobain, don't say Kurt Cobain. So I knew I was stayed in his presence. I was going to go, what's Kurt Cobain like? <laughs> That's the thing. If you meet somebody that you're really into, yeah, you just... You can't stop the head swirl. Yeah. So uh, there, got to ha- shake his hand at least. I got to shake his hand, yeah, and snub him. <laughs> <laughs> Unintentionally snub yeah. though. Unintentionally, um, there must be so many of those moments. Like in the ten years that you were uh, on hiatus, we'll say, did you think that you'd come back together and do a couple of more gigs? Uh, not really, no, because um, you know, to be honest, in a very. Uh, um, honest way like t- towards the end there was nobody coming to our gigs which is one of the main reasons we, we split up you know we would drive three hours and maybe 15 people would show up and it was just well that was obviously we had no lack of funding for advertising as well and we had no company so um, you know there was always this nervous thing of like oh my god what if we try a reunion gig and 15 people show up so that's why we got such a shock that uh, you know 450 tickets were gone in a few weeks so uh, and that's why we're still a little bit shocked that we're doing another one. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted to have this chance. You know, feels like a victory lap for something we didn't even win. <laughs> and the fans are winning, obviously, because you know there's people who maybe thought they wouldn't get to see you again, and it's great to see yeah. the three of you back and on stage. And this could be our last gig for ten years. So, yeah. <gasps> Don't say that. Could be though, could it? I mean, is you there any know, kind of long term? We, we no real. Um, we would love to release like maybe a new EP in the summer and do some of the festivals, but um, we're not going to get stressed and, and push things on our own like we're we're being snobby now we're waiting to be asked you know? <laughs> well I mean I suppose you have to really yeah. it's and not the thing like... is that we know we, we've kind of we've, you know we're not a young band that wants to tour around the world and take it take over the world and the music industry anymore we're just enjoying life we've all got our own Michael plays in you know two bands in Donegal and uh, John teaches and plays um, his wife is a fantastic violin player he plays gigs with her and I have um, a bar over in Lanzarote the island bar um, I, I play there six nights a week and we have our own thing going on so uh, to do this it's like it's amazing to have your hobby like our hobby now seems to be being in an indie rock band which is which beats stamp collecting absolutely <laughs> I mean if you, if you had a big long list of hobbies that's pretty cool yeah. <laughs> hobby to have and the great thing is about the three of you is that you've known each other since forever I mean you were childhood friends that's you? right yeah um, Michael hates it but I did teach him how to drum when he <laughs> when he was nine and you'll never and, let that go and I won't let that go no I was 12 and I knew how to play the drum so yeah and uh, yeah no we always um, we're always hanging out and John was more or less when we were 16, 17, he came into the picture. He used to spend his summers down in our area. So, But then for from the year 1999 until 2007, we were it's like we were working in a submarine. We were so close, we were so tight in a transit van driving around the world. And it was so strange then when that was just taken away, you know, so it's nice meeting up with the guys again. It's like old old family, you know. I hope we just don't kill each other in the dressing room at some stage. So there's definitely one gig happening. There's uh, definitely one gig. There's not gig, enough yeah. time to kill each other, hopefully. No, in- no. In the <laughs> shed. 
in Donegal. <laughs> so before the gig, that's where you're going to be rehearsing and then everybody can see you on uh, Saturday, the 10th of February, the Academy in Dublin. And so far, that's the only gig that that's the Revs are doing. It, yeah, apart from a few potential festivals that we have yet to turn down. <laughs> so we'll have to keep an eye on... Exactly, yeah, yeah. I guess online, really. Are keep you... an eye online, yeah. We'll, um, we'll let you know. Do! Get in touch. <laughs> and we'll, we'll say it here first. And uh, I'm so glad. It's brilliant to have you back. Um, oh, I remember so seeing you live so many times. I think I can't even remember some of the venues, but I definitely okay. saw you at the festivals as well. Oh, cool. uh, so it's great. Brilliant oh. to have you back. Good to be back. Good to be live. <laughs> Good to be live <laughs> for a start. Yeah. And is there any one particular song that you'll love to play now on the tenth? Um, even though it's a little bit cheesy for all of us, Wired to the Moon still gets such a great reaction that it's uh, it's just a buzz because we don't really have to sing it. Everybody else does. You just stand there and play the instruments. Yeah, and I think um, like the songs from our third album, the one that we paid for ourselves, that's that sent us into a spiral. That's definitely our best music. So the the five or six songs we do from that album are quite special, like "Time Slipping" and um, there's a song called uh, "Take It All Back," which got onto the soundtrack of uh, "P.S. I Love You." An amazing chick flick. <laughs> amazing chick flick with good good taste in music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the uh, "P.S. I Love You" like. Um, I think it's quite cruel, actually, because people say that it's... Uh, they said like, it was a great book, but it wasn't a great film. But I, I think that's totally wrong. I think it was a shit book as well. <laughs> <laughs> and there's one thing, at least with the film, you get uh, to hear the revs and take it all back, wasn't it? That was the track. Exactly, yeah, yeah. that was the track. <laughs> well, Rory, Where's the edit button? <laughs> it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Not at all, thank well, you. Well, get. Uh, get the bug. We'll Good go. to bug, Gwilgad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so fresh. And while it's a couple of fucking Gwilgad, Keep asking me, go. It's in the Shashin Gumbra. Okay. Kurumila Mahad. Kurumila